and I would think that in many cases there has to be some kind of proof. You know, what would be the role of evidence and documentation and what kind of evidence might be considered compelling in this kind of a case? Well, the most important element in any of these cases is going to be the declaration. The declaration from one parent about the other is typically the most important moving document. So it's really important to work with your attorney and, and your legal team to draft a really excellent declaration. There may be additional evidence. Other evidence that we quite often see are our text messages. We often download those and use those exhibits to show that there may be threats to a parent against the other parent. They may admit to certain dangerous behaviors that, that would require a supervision. And so those are things we look at, often social media posts. Be careful about your social media posts because those are quite often exhibits that we use in, in the courts. So there's different evidence. There can be additional declarations from other people. There can be videos that, that perhaps home videos or ring cameras. We see that type of evidence used quite frequently. So there's a variety of different evidence that, that is very important in getting that in front of the court establishing a strong foundation so that the judge will listen to it is all very important parts of putting together an excellent request that the court will ultimately see and sign to protect the children and the, and the other parent. Welcome to the 805 Law Group Podcast, your source for an entertaining blend of law and legal community updates. Each week, you'll get crucial insights into family law, personal injury, criminal defense, and estate planning, along with the latest insider information about what's happening in the local legal community and high-profile cases right here on the Central Coast. Now let's get started with your host, the founder of 805 Law Group, attorney Bill Osman. Welcome to the 805 Law Group podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Dean Mignola. And I'm Bill Osman. Now, today we're going to go over supervised visitations and what it takes to impose supervised visitations on the other spouse, a pretty serious topic. So, Bill, what legal grounds or reasons might justify requesting supervised visitations for a spouse and ex-spouse? We're seeing that more and more, Dean. We're, the most common context that we see a request for supervised visitation is in the realm of the domestic violence restraining order. This is another area that we're seeing more and more in front of the courts. The courts have seen a substantial increase in this. At the same time, the legislature has lowered the requirements for what a domestic violence restraining order includes. Less and less behavior is required. And so we often see domestic violence restraining orders accompanied by requests for supervised visitation. This is, is very common. The courts are, are required to look at that. There's actually boxes within the request for domestic violence restraining order requesting supervised visitation. So supervised visitation is a very important step. It's usually looking at what is in the best interest of the child. The court will look at health, safety, welfare, and takes domestic violence very seriously. But there are other situations that the court well order domestic violence. Restraining orders as well as supervised visitation. Supervised visitation does not have to include 
request for a domestic violence restraining order. Although that's the most common situation, there could be other situations where there's maybe a dangerous situation. Another parent may have a drug or alcohol addiction. There may be situations where there's a family member on the other parent's side that makes it dangerous and that the parent is not showing good discretion. So it's a very important situation. We see it quite often and, and we have other professionals that we we work with to to facilitate this and provide excellent results for our clients. Yeah, and I understand that there's a whole process you need to go through. Could you explain the process that's involved in requesting supervised visitations? Yes. Usually that's either involved requesting a domestic violence restraining order. That's the most common situation where we ask for supervised visitation. There are a series of forms that are required when that should come before the court. Timeliness is really important. We jump on these cases immediately so we can get our clients the type of relief they need and the children the protection they deserve. That's the most common situation. The other is through a request for order, and, and those are the two instruments that those are most common, Dean. Are there specific behaviors or circumstances that carry more weight in this kind of a determination that that's required? Yeah. So the most serious is where, you know, there's a physical danger to the child, physical danger to to one of the parents. Those are very common situations that we see requests for supervised visitation. But that's on one end. To the other end, the the legislature has, has opened it up, even if there's coercive control. Mm. Uh, you can ask for a domestic violence restraining order and even supervised visitation. So quite often we see issues of mental health. If one parent has a mental health problems, that can be a serious consequences for the children. They can become confused. One parent may need you know, additional instruction and understanding not only to make the child safe, but also give the parents some direction and some good boundaries of how to act within the, for those kids. So we have professional supervised visitation monitors and we have unprofessional supervision. Uh, And depending upon the behavior, we'll usually determine which we request from the court. Okay. And I would think that in many cases, there has to be some kind of proof you know, what would be the role of evidence and documentation and what kind of evidence might be considered compelling in this kind of a case? Well, the most important element in any of these cases is going to be the declaration. The declaration from one parent about the other is typically the most important moving document. So it's really important to work with your attorney and and your legal team to draft a really excellent declaration. There may be additional evidence. Other evidence that we quite often see are our text messages. We often download those and use those exhibits to show that there may be threats to a parent against the other parent. They may admit to certain dangerous behaviors that that would require a supervision. Mm-hmm. And so those are things we look at often social media posts. Be careful about your social media posts, because Mm -hmm. those are quite often exhibits that we use in in the courts. So there's different evidence. There can be additional declarations from other people. There can be videos that that perhaps home videos or ring cameras 
we see that type of evidence used quite frequently. Mm. So there's a variety of different evidence that that is very important in getting that in front of the court, establishing a strong foundation so that the judge will listen to it is all very important parts of putting together an excellent request that the court will ultimately see and sign to protect the children and the, and the other parent. Are you enjoying the 805 Law Group podcast so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting that subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. For more information about 805 Law Group, visit our website, 805lawgroup.com. Now let's get back to the show. Now, I would think in many cases, the ex-partner would disagree with this request for supervised visitations. When, when that is the case, does that impact anything? Absolutely. The court will definitely give notice and opportunity to be heard from the other parent. That gives the, the other parent an opportunity to, to evaluate the evidence, to look at the declaration. This is a very important time to sit down with really good counsel, a really excellent legal team, and look at what are the best things to, to put forward. What type of evidence can be used to, to counteract this? What, what facts can be used? So working with your attorney, working with the evidence that's there, taking a calm, empirical approach to it is incredibly important. And we've had a lot of success doing this. And, and having that experience with the courts is really important because you just really don't have perspective when you're going through this type of situation. Okay. Now we hear about supervised visitation a lot. Are there, are there any alternative options to supervised visitations that the court might consider if the one parent's behavior or trustworthiness is, is an issue? Yes. There, there's a lot of less restrictive means. Like we spoke of before, there's professionally supervised visitation, which is probably the most restrictive. Mm-hmm. And then there's non-professional supervisors. This often is a family member or family friend that both parents trust. That's less restrictive and it it doesn't come with the cost that a professional does. Other means, we've had situations where we've requested that visitation occur at a certain place, perhaps a park. One parent Mm -hmm. can sit and watch and be there or a family or friend can be there. Other situations is we can require that that visitation occur in a certain area. Quite often areas are have cameras and, and that can be safety. Other things can be short visitations. You can, can meet one parent at a park or a beach, spend an hour or two with the children and allow them to go home and, and to their safety. So these are all less restrictive means. We can have Zoom videos. Technology is, is a great help. Mm-hmm. We also have tools in our tool bag of of requiring sobriety checks. There's a lot of different tools that we can use that guarantee the safety of the children and help provide peace of mind to both parents and the court as we structure a custody and visitation schedule that that works well with the children, provides for their safety and, and their best interest. Okay, excellent. Now, I know you can't go into too much detail and be too specific, but can you provide maybe an example of a case where a supervised visitation was granted due to a lack of trust and concern 
about an ex-partner's behavior and how that was all resolved? Yes, quite often we see that in the context of, of one party partying too much, Dean. Well, mm -hmm. one parent may be drinking or having drugs, and that creates the necessity to request for a supervised visitation. That's the most common scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, quite often we provide evidence of that, that substance abuse and how that affects the children, craft a great declaration, perhaps text, perhaps social media posts, we provide that package of evidence, we present it to the court, we can get a temporary emergency domestic violence restraining order and help that parent secure those kids and, and a court date down the road where the other parent can, can contest those allegations. Excellent. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the 805 Law Group podcast. Now, if you enjoyed the content, go ahead, drop a like below, hit that subscribe or follow button. And if you'd like to be notified of future episodes, we'd love it if you hit that notification bell. And of course, as always, feel free to comment below with your questions or any feedback. We love to respond to that. And Bill, any final words? Yes, if you are interested in this subject and would like more information, we have great resources on our website and click for the free book. We'd love to get that out to you and get you more information. Yeah, and that book is actually specializing on divorce issues, so you'll find a lot of useful information in that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the 805 Law Group Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, 805lawgroup.com forward slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music, so you never miss an episode. If you found value in the show, we'd love it if you could rate it on iTunes or even tell your friends. Make sure to join attorney Bill Osman next week for another informative and entertaining episode. Remember, at 805 Law Group, we're turning law into empowerment one episode at a time.